Greater is the Holy Spirit in you than the spirits that are in the world. My friends, the words may vary depending on your Bible translation, but the command that John is giving in 1 John 4 verses 1 through 6 is the same. And we, we are to discern between good and evil spirits, and we are to discern between true and false teachers, and that's one and the same exercise. Welcome. Hello, Hopeful. This is Roger Corville, and this is for the Hope's Always Be Ready segment, where we supplement our daily Bible read-through with a short exploration of an idea, something that relates to us thinking more strategically and biblically, and living more effectively as Sunday morning touches down on Monday morning. And for sure, the spiritual landscape of this world today is as confusing as it was in John's time. And since we happen to be reading through 1 John, uh, I just want to drop this in here for today's kind of Sunday reflection. John is clear. Testing spirits and testing false teachers is the responsibility of every generation. Now, the context is different, his context versus our context, but the principles that guide us from God's word are the same. Now, to be fair, this is way too big a topic for such a short reflection, but it's on my heart to share with you. And I want to give you three, call them distant early warnings that are symptoms to watch for in your church. Now, note that these, the way I'm going to express these are external issues with symptoms that show up internally, and those symptoms belie their demonic influence. Symptom number one, No place for truth. No place for truth. Some cultural arguments elevate someone's self-made morality over what is true. And since today is Sanctity of Life Sunday, I'll use that as an example. There was a time when pro-abortion advocates argued that a fetus wasn't alive or it wasn't a person. And yeah, now science shows otherwise, that life actually begins at conception, even scientifically. So their argument shifted to just, well, my rights supersede that truth. You with me? No place for truth. Now, to be sure, we must have compassion and love. And this is just an illustrative example, right? I am post-abortive myself, so I know the pain personally. But truth by its very definition, is exclusive. Something that is true means that something else is false. Why? Well, at the most foundational level, it's because truth isn't just an idea or an opinion. It's a person. God is the source of truth, and Satan is a liar and father of lies. Symptom number two, no interest in a transcendent God. No interest in a transcendent God. Now, importantly, what I'm describing here is not atheism, which is that there is no God. It's a God, small g, that is basically a God of my own making. What's the issue? Well, many people acknowledge God of some sort, small g. Or maybe even they think they're acknowledging big G God. But that God isn't the creator of all and therefore Lord of all, right? Who gets to be God is a really root question. So this God, this small g God, 
is not Lord and has no authority. And this shows up in the church as well, in a thousand different ways, but example, science interprets the Bible instead of the Bible interprets science. Or culture interprets the Bible instead of Bible interpreting culture. Or, you see where we're going with that? Number three. Symptom number three is no way to conceptualize any notion of revelation. No way to conceptualize any notion of revelation. Theologian uh, Gary Burge puts it this way, and he's drawing on David Wells's book, No Place for Truth, that came out in the early 90s, that God would become human in Christ is not simply rejected, as had been done in theological liberalism of the 18th and 19th centuries. It's now incomprehensible. Now think about it from a Bible perspective, my friends. When we open the Bible, it begins with God speaking the cosmos into existence. We have a God who speaks. And any God who could do that, bring something out of nothing, could also cause a virgin birth or a resurrection or a host of other things, including revealing himself in a way that is best for his created order to understand. Now, you probably heard this expressed as something something like the books of nature, scripture, and his son, right? Hebrews 11, or Hebrews chapter 1 points out, you know, in previous times, prophets, but now fully in his son. My friends, the, the issue is one of revelation, and the issue is one of plausibility structure, right? If you have no truth, if you have no transcendent God, we remove the very plausibility structure for this transcendent God to reveal himself, let alone reveal himself in a way that should be authoritative to us. So what's our point today? We are to discern between good and evil spirits, and we are to discern between true and false teachers, and that is one and the same exercise. Now, a whole bunch of other things I could say, right? Just because somebody tells a lie doesn't mean there's a demon behind every one of them, right? We shouldn't look for a demon behind every rock. But generally speaking, we move in the direction of truth or we move away from truth. And I think that's the point where the principle underneath 1 John 4, 1 to 6, when he says, discern the spirits. Right? So John says that the confession of the human Jesus as Christ, as the Son of God, necessarily demonstrates the reality of Christian experience. And if we look at if we back that out into the context of the whole letter of 1 John, we see something throughout all of John that love is inseparable from truth. And this includes a call to build a Christian maturity that can use theological radar to spot intruders who want to upend the church's beliefs. And this is, a, in a sense, a high-tech radar that can tell the difference between pleasure aircraft and lethal bombers, between minor issues and colossal errors that deserve a fierce struggle. So what are those three symptoms? I'm sure there's a lot more, but uh, symptom number one is no place for truth. Symptom number two is no interest in transcendent God. 
And symptom number three is no way to conceptualize any notion of authoritative revelation. My friends, we are to discern between good and evil spirits, and we are to discern between true and false teachers. It's spiritual warfare all the way. And that's one and the same exercise. May our lives be marked by truthing in love. I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.